The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John the Baptist appeared preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all of Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For children to Abraham, even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is to come after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. All things new. All things new. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 5, we read, literally 4 to 5, where it says that the king will be seated on his throne and he will say, I will make all things new. The first reading in Isaiah, hearing the words of the living God speaking to us about animals and what they'll do and the baby by the cobra's den and all this stuff is a prefiguration of God making all things new. St. Paul encouraging the Romans in the beginning in the sense words of encouragement, right? Words of encouragement and, and words of hope. Jesus Christ will make all things new. Do I have flood insurance do you have flood insurance in the days of John the Baptist hold a sec father that's last Sunday we were talking about in the days of Noah well I think it's appropriate if we look at the lens of the living word of God this Sunday this second Sunday of this time of preparation, we can say as we look at the life of John the Baptist, in the days of John the Baptist, as St. Paul's encouraging those first Christians, look to those who went before you and how they encouraged you in the way in which they lived their faith. John the Baptist had to have 
listen to his parents talk to him. Elizabeth was his mother. She was a cousin of Mary. John leapt in her womb. And it said she was full of the Holy Spirit. So they must have reflected on the patriarchs and those who had gone before him and the way in which they lived their faith. And reflected on in the days of Noah. There was Noah. Last week we saw building an ark in the middle of the desert as if he was crazy, but he built the ark not only for himself, for his family. For his family. And so the invitation last week was build an ark for your family. In the days of the, John the Baptist. How was it possible that he could go out by the River Jordan and preach the way he did if he did not, first and foremost, with the help of his parents and his family, build an ark for his heart, an ark of faith, and at the same time, build with his family, build an ark for his family. In the days of John the Baptist, it wasn't much different. There was desert. They were out there in the desert. And people's hearts were the same as they are today. They're longing for the same things that God created our hearts for. It doesn't matter if we have all the technology and we have everything and electric cars and all this stuff going on. All that's going to go away. But our hearts were created in a special way to be with God. And so the people in the days of John the Baptist, were flooding to the desert to see him. You see, John the Baptist had flood insurance. Imagine him standing on the shoreline there saying, what am I going to do? How am I going to help all these people? He knew it wasn't him who was going to do it. He said, God will baptize you. You will be baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we have been baptized. As Romans chapter 5, verse 5 tells us, hope does not disappoint. People were flooding to to the shoreline of the River Jordan, dying and searching and hungry for hope. And those who were comfortable in where they were in their little faith journey, standing on the shoreline, didn't like what John the Baptist was saying. He was pricking their conscience. He was disrupting their comfortable way of living their faith. And yet there were people hurting that were coming to him. And he was preaching in a way to bring them to say there is hope. Romans 5.5, hope does not disappoint. For by virtue of our baptism, the love of God has been poured out on us through the Holy Spirit. You may have seen it. It's been kind of floating all over uh, all that YouTube stuff that's out there. Someone sent me the little picture of it. But like the modern day John the Baptist of today. You know what I'm talking about? The head coach of the Boston Celtics. I've never been a Boston Celtics fan since Larry Bird. But you know what the head coach of the Boston Celtics said in an interview? A modern day John the Baptist in a way that was very sincere, very honest, very forthright, coming from the ark of his heart in which he built an ark of faith 
He's there, and the interviewers ask him, they said, because I guess they were playing a game in England, did you have a chance to see the royal family? And he looked at him very seriously and say, what, are you talking about Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? There's only one royal family. What a response. You could hear the gaff of the reporters like, excuse me? But he was on the riverbank there preaching to the people, and some were like, you know, caught up in the world of today. And he says, what royal family? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? Turning people's hearts back to what? The truth, the truth, the reason for this season. Here's the invitation once again. We're going to continue this journey, my brothers and sisters in Christ. The flood is going to come. The end of time is going to come. When Jesus comes on his cloud, it's coming. None of us are going to avoid it. Maybe some of us, it'll be the end of time. We're actually, we'll actually see him coming with our own eyes. Some of us, our end of time will be, as I tell people oftentimes, when I go see people, people terminally ill in the hospital, I said, there's no guarantee you're going to cross that finish line before me because I have to drive home. I have to drive home. And so at some point, God's going to call us. The flood's going to come. But if we're honest and we look at our daily life, the flood comes a lot. The flood of anxiety, the flood of worry, the flood of concern, the flood of how am I going to help all these people? So the invitation for you and me during this season of preparation, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of John the Baptist, build an ark. Build an ark for your heart and for your family. Jesus is going to want to step into that as he did those apostles. He's going to meet us on the shoreline of our life. He's going to step in it as he did Peter. We open the living word, he's going to speak to our hearts. Then he's going to ask us to push out. Then he's going to ask us to cast our nets because he wants more people in our ark. John the Baptist just wasn't standing on the, on the shoreline just for himself, just to do it himself. His hope was to bring others to truly prepare the way. For what? Prepare the way for the Lord, not for him. To invite them into that. So the question may be, okay, Father, how do we build a heart ark? And those of you last week, if you happen to be at the nine, you, you may know, you may be totally clueless with this concept, but... We have power tools. We have the same power tools that Noah had. What do you mean power tools? Noah had no, he didn't have any power tools. Back in the day, there was no electricity, no batteries. Power tools, powered by God's love for you and me and all humanity. Power tools, powered by our love. You gotta put the batteries in the thing, you gotta plug it into the wall. We have to do an action even to get our power tools to work. But the electricity flows, the love of God flows by virtue of the Holy Spirit's been poured out on us. I don't know if you've seen the commercial, right? I'm, I, don't, I don't like to give advertisements to one of the stores where you go buy your tools. You know, there's Home Depot, Lowe's, and there's Blackhawk Hardware. And if I'm, if I'm forgetting anybody, please let me know because I'll, I'll mention them. But you got, here's the thing you say, at the Home Depot, at the Home Depot, we have all the tools to make your holiday magical. 
at the Home Depot, we got all the tools to make your holiday at Home Depot. At this encounter with Christ, we have all the tools, all the power tools to make your Christmas and life hopeful. I don't think people today need magical. I think what we all need today is hopeful. For the hope of God does not disappoint. So here's the invitation. Let's pull out this week two more power tools that we have. And we'll do a recap from last week real brief. The first power tool. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We got them. They've been poured out on us. First power tool to take this week is the power tool of counsel. Counsel. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was working through John the Baptist and he was out there providing counsel. And the counsel that comes to us through the church is in this season to prepare the way of the Lord. Please don't be afraid of it. It is the gift of letting the Holy Spirit counsel us through the sacrament of healing, through confession. Please don't fear God's mercy and confession. I'm going to tell you what I tell the little ones who come in for the school, and it's no different for the adults. We come to confession because we know God loves us. We come to confession as an expression to say, I love you, God, I'm trying. And we come to confession knowing that God wants to help us. What? Build an ark. Through the Holy Spirit, he wants to provide the gift of counsel to our own hearts so that we can go out and be counsel to others. Counsel in a loving way, in a way that only we can do it. To our family, to our friends and others. So can we this week pull out this tool, this power tool of counsel, God's love for us and our love for God, and just set aside some time or make a resolution to go to confession. We're not doing a penance service here at St. Gabriel because we offer a lot of times for confession. Saturday mornings, 8 to 9. Friday, 4 to 6. Saturday, 3 to 5. And we're bringing in two priests. And if we need to bring three, we'll bring three. And if we need to bring four, we'll bring four. We're on call to come to be there to offer this amazing gift that God wants to give us to prepare the way of the Lord. Don't beat yourself up if it's been years. God doesn't count the years. He meets us in the today of our life. Don't be afraid of what anybody's going to say because the priests have to go. We have to go too. Father Mike and I, we go too. We need it. I can't forgive myself. But I know that through the love of God being poured out, it's, it's, it's a way to help. To what? Build an ark. Build an ark for my, my own heart, an ark of faith, and then also for others. So that's the one power tool to pray about, to discern about, to pull out. The second one, and we're really on the fourth one, tying in the last week, is fortitude. Fortitude is just, just that endurance to during this, the coming of our Savior, continue in that. Recommit to that. And that's why, tying into last week, recommit to wisdom. How is wisdom as a power tool presented to our parish? It's this, to be wise in the things of God. Noah was wise, and he talked to his family for sure around the dinner table. 
St. John the Baptist was wise. And for sure, he spoke to Zechariah and to Elizabeth, his parents, around the dinner table. The invitation for each one of us was to gather at least once a week around the dinner table. And to write down these gifts of the Holy Spirit on a card or whatever and place them amidst our Advent wreath. Talk about them. Talk about the things of God. If you already do dinner as a family once a week, see if you can up it to two. If you do it four times a week, see if you can up it to five. That's one of the things that they did in the days of Noah and in the days of John the Baptist. Gathered as a family and built an ark for their family through discussing the hope that God provides in our Savior that is coming, the Savior that they were hoping for. So the first, in fortitude, recommit to seeking the wisdom of God and start very simply around the dinner table as a family. Second, understanding. Understanding was presented last week because understanding different from faith, faith is where we ascend to the revealed truths of God and we make a leap of faith and say, I don't understand it all, but I'm just gonna believe. Understanding is where the revealed truth of God with the gift of understanding, it starts to make sense. We start to understand the things of God about faith. How are we going to better understand God? Better understanding God through opening the living word of God. So the commitment last week was to take out the power tool of understanding the Bible. If you don't have a Bible at home, go get one. What a beautiful gift to get for this Christmas season. Maybe a stocking stuffer is Bibles. Everybody gets their personal Bible. Open it up and pray for the gift of understanding. Have a place in your home where your Bible's out, where the living word of God can speak to you. Pull out that power tool and start to build an ark for your family. Build an ark with wisdom. Build an ark with understanding. Build an ark with counsel to permit the Holy Spirit to counsel your heart. And then with your heart, with the help of God's grace, help provide loving counsel to others. And above all, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that power tool of fortitude to just keep on building. Keep on building. So that in building an ark, we too, like the patriarchs who've gone before us, we will have flood insurance.